Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Okay, this is a black tape TDK normal bias D90 EQ120 US. Uh, side A says tiptoe through the tithers. Um, it's solid black tape. It's got kind of a white and black grid on it uh, as far as a label goes. On B, uh, side B, it says righteous indignation. So, number one, we know that this is um, religious, but uh, not sure how we get away from that, um, being in the Bible belt and all. But here we go, tiptoe through the tithers and righteous indignation. Enjoy. Now being in the ministry brings problems, this is true, but there is always someone who can tell you what to do. They'll tell you tiptoe through the tithers, being careful, fish they off their toes and try not to offend when you speak. Don't shock Brother Carter, he's a charter member of the church and he gives $50 a week. Give those backsliders their due, but you must pamper a few. For instance, don't upset your teachers, former preachers, found they couldn't win and you know it could happen again. You can preach brimstone and fire long as that offering gets higher, but you must never mention money. Just be funny and stay out of Malachi and we'll get along fine. If you will tiptoe through the tithers every time. Thank you. Now, we have here a song which deals with the ministry in general. I think this is true of almost everyone who comes to the calling of the ministry and finds himself involved in this great work. I am climbing destiny's ladder with a self-improvement plan. I'm a guy who works and pursues the way that seemeth right to man. And I hope you'll not think it's sinister that I'm in the ministry. My ambition's much more professional, like medicine or law or dentistry. So when I consider a move to a new church or residence, 
I ask, is this move conducive toward convention president? And if I can see advantage in the move potentially, I figure it must be the will of the Lord because it seems so right to me. Every day occasions arise that ought to make your status grow. Each denomination relation is a base that you should know. All your knowledge of good theology won't get you anywhere. It's applied political science that will write your name up there in the Baptist annual. You should always be in the hallways at conventions when they meet. And you'll ask some prominent pastor if he'll join you when you eat. It's the system tradition gave us, and I'm sure that you'll agree that it must be the will of the Lord because it seems so right to me. church in town where there's influence to be found where I can settle down oh wouldn't it be lovely a new brick parsonage would be nice where young pastors could seek advice it's quite a sacrifice but wouldn't it be lovely oh so lovely to get an honorary doctor would forget. Statewide leaders consulting me, lots of prestige and dignity for just an MRE. But wouldn't it be lovely? And now, I have some songs that deal with the pastoral side of the ministry, very specifically. This one, for instance, was written at 11.40 on Sunday morning. Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. I'm speaking to you there on pew number three. Sleeping in church is not for a deacon, especially when I am up here and speaking. Beautiful dreamer, don't start to snore. I've covered three points, but I've got four more. If you'll excuse me, I'll go ahead. But next Sunday, why don't you stay home in bed? Beautiful dreamer, wake up and see. What you have done shouldn't happen to me. My wife is yawning, but I can't correct her, for so is my music. 
station director, beautiful dreamer, things could be worse. Deacon rotation is October 1st. Sleep on and dream, sir, and have no fear. By this time next year From this church field They say you are moving We will not shed a tear When you go Cause you stepped out of line Once too often And offended the backsliders So Oh you said that we all Should be tithers When you said it You looked straight at me and from that point till now, I've been angry because I'm saved by grace, which was free. <laughs> oh, you preached against gambling and liquor. Consequently, I'm glad that you're packed because our country club has a bar room and the boogies take bets in the back. Oh, you told us to visit our neighbors and to tell them the gospel so true. But we've not spoken once to our neighbors since July of 1962. Oh, it isn't that we don't admire you. You're a good man as far as that goes. But you must learn to stick to the gospel and to stay off your church members' toes. Now, I'm assistant pastor of a Baptist church, and I do my best to minister and lead. And every day I read the sermons other people wrote, and I'm influenced by what I read. I'm beginning to sound a lot like Criswell. I preach so fervently. And how eloquent I am when my text is Billy Graham And my illustrations come from R.G. Lee I'm beginning to reach a lot of Catholics They think my work is keen And they're turning out in force It's my message of course Cause I'm preaching now from Bishop Sheen I'm beginning to sound like Peter Marshall his writings thrilled me so. Though I used to preach by rote from my seminary notes, now I'm using words that I don't even know. I'm beginning to sound a lot like Spurgeon. I've read his works all through. And if you should write a book, and if I can get a look at it, I'll start to sound a lot like you. But I won't quote you. I'll just start to sound a lot like you. Seminary, but 
Just be wary each time that you do Because I am denominationally Integrated with you Send me to the convention Send me out with the crowd Get me a suite in a big hotel That's where the service is swell So they tell me and I will spend every session Standing around in the hall I'll see Bill, Joe, Charlie and Fred And we'll all have a ball Send me to the convention When it's in Houston again Get me a box at the Astrodome I won't care if I never come home But I'll attend every session That is at least for a while And I'll get an outline or two For my sermon file And when they meet In San Francisco that I'll attend every session for that's what I'm supposed to do for when I go to the convention I'm representing you Thank you. Now I have a song, actually a series of songs that deal with the rest of the staff. Those precious people who serve on church staffs that nobody knows about, nobody knows what they do, they're just there. And, and this first one especially, yeah, the education director. Nobody knows what the education director is supposed to do. They don't even teach you that in the seminary. <laughs> uh, so I thought I would try briefly to outline the work of the Minister of Education to fill this great gap that, that's existed in our knowledge thus far. Let me tell you of an education man His name was Brother Ed He had more sense than the rest of the staff But he didn't let it go to his head No, no, he didn't let it go to his head Brother Ed knew how to push and promote So that nobody could complain he took the stew out of stewardship drives and the pain out of budget campaigns. Oh, yes, the pain out of budget campaigns. When he organized the library drive, he said, bring all your books to me. All he got was the life of Norman Vincent Peale and three copies of the RSV. Amen. Three copies of the RSV. Oh, the WMU at Lottie Moon time knew that Ed was on their side. He found a missionary who had a remote control projector for his slides. Oh boy, remote control projector for his slides. Brother Ed was educated and skilled with a BS and MRE. But the thing that keeps him humble and meek is a pastor with a Ph.D. Yes, sir, a pastor with a Ph.D. Here's to the new slick minister of music, a most delightful fella. 
when he is directing and we're not suspecting you'll switch to acapella then isn't it a lovely sound with no instruments to drown all of the parts now blending so isn't it a pure delight wonder how the Campbellites found out about it long ago won't regret a Sunday operetta, just pay your tithe and come on in. And for religion, we'll have a smidgen between the special music and the parting hymn. I'm always hearing sour notes when the choir starts to sing. I wonder if it's in my ear or if someone's playing. <laughs> Some fellas listen to the tenors, other fellas listen to the bass. I always listen for the sour notes in amazing grace, believe me. I'll keep on hearing sour notes, hoping to find another reason to complain. When I came to my new place of service, there they had a reception for me. And the personnel chairman seemed nervous as I heard him whisper to me. Shake hands with the pastor's daughter, Jill, and here's her sister, Sue. And here's the secretary of adult department, too. Shake hands with Deacon Johnson, he's the most important man. And I know you want to make a good impression if you can. I'd like to present the superintendent of primary one. And here's our youth director, he's an awful lot of fun. And here's the pastor's secretary, Miss Virginia Sneed. A photographic memory is just the thing you need for teachers and deacons and superintendents and married young people and single ones too. That's 10 secretaries and church dignitaries from RANGA and WMU. <laughs> Shake hands with the church librarian, and here's her husband, Ed. And that's the church's treasurer with the ice pack on his head. I hope you can remember names, for though it's hard to believe, your predecessor couldn't, and that's why he had to leave. I've written a commercial which I think has been needed for a long time. There are churches in almost every city in the United States that uh, are located in the very heart of the city, and there's no people down there on Sunday morning. So these churches, located in the heart of the city, needed a commercial, and so I have written such a song. Now, it has been rejected on a tremendously large scale by churches all over the country, but someday you'll hear this coming out of your radio. When you get tired of your church in the suburbs, you can always go downtown. You get free parking and the ushers will seat you near the back, you know. Downtown, listen to the preaching and the singing of the choir. When they sing an anthem, it will set your soul on fire. How can you lose? You'll like what you hear from the pastor. If there's less than 4,000, it will be a disaster at downtown. Follow the crowd and go downtown. We'll be so proud to have you downtown. Everything's waiting for you. Don't sit around whenever problems surround you. Move your membership downtown. We have a nursery and 
eight-story building, it is quite a trip. Downtown, you can have a class that's graded by your age or interest. You decide where you should go, cause that way is the simplest. See what I mean? We've got it fixed where you'll like it. If you're coming from out of state on the turnpike, it's just downtown. Turn off the main street, it's downtown. You'll give yourself a treat downtown. Everything's waiting for you. One of the fondest memories of my childhood was the church business meeting. Uh, we didn't have TV or anything, and for a junior boy, this is the most exciting thing of the whole month. Every month we have a meeting in our plan. It's the church's conference, and man, oh man, you wouldn't want to miss it if you're in our town, cause you couldn't see a better fight in 15 rounds. Deacon Jones said, brother moderator, may I move that we fix the door? Sister Brown said, that can wait a later, and I dare you interrupt me when I've got the floor. Chairman of the grounds committee rose to say The shrubs are gonna die unless we get them spray The treasurer reported that we can't survive Cause we haven't paid the bills for 1965 Deacon Jones, the brother moderator May I move that we be adjourned Sister Brown, she's a good debater She said, preacher, can't you make the deacon wait his turn? The Women's Missionary Union took the floor. They said, listen, 200 bucks to Singapore. Then Deacon Money Grubber said, well, glory be. It won't be long till they'll be living better than me. Don't make phones, tell us your reaction. Fight your wars over till you win. This is real democracy in action. And when the meeting's over, we can say amen. To be successful in the ministry, you have to have a lot of things going for you, but the most important thing in the world is to have a thriving, growing, dynamic, organizational program. You have to have a lot of people in Sunday school, and a lot of people in your training program, and a lot of people in your choirs, and these numbers become very important, uh, especially on the associational records that we have to turn in. So I have devised a system with the aid of my little boy who is in the third grade, he started new math in the first grade, and new math is the greatest thing for church records since a million more in 54. <laughs> every Sunday I go out and wander all around, counting everyone who's in the building or the grounds. Our attendance really jumps whenever I appear. That's the way we get our average higher every year. Counting stragglers in the hall, it won't bother them at all. Count the ones arriving late, that's another 28. Count the kid who knocked his baseball on the parking lot. Now let me see how many we've got. Count the ones who brought their Bibles and multiply by two. Count the ones who read their lessons and gave money to. Then subtract the absentees and multiply by three. This new system is so good it even works for me. 
Count the total visits made and the money that was paid. Count the ones who didn't stay for the service last Sunday. Count the pastor in the study and the cat out on the fence. And soon we'll have a record of ten done. Every year, without fear, my workers expect to hear, can anybody meet your goals? I inquire to inspire each department to go higher, can anybody meet your goals? If you have always run 21, you can be great. If you try, you can fly all the way to 28. And when you do, when you're through, you'll get a goal of 32. But there's so many to enroll. So if you are a teacher, listen to your preacher, and everybody meet your goal. Put on your sport coat, get out your car, we're gonna go where the prospects are. Where should we go? It won't be hard. They wrote it all down on a prospect card. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, everybody ought to go visiting now. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, everybody ought to, but they don't know how. So we had a clinic, we had a school, we gave them lots of gimmicks and tools, tracks and charts and a book by Truitt. Now they know how, but they still won't do it. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, everybody ought to go out and try. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, but nobody will and we don't know why. So we have a supper. We have a plan, we gotta motivate them any way we can. Eat before we go and when we return and every visitation that we get heartburn. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, everybody ought to get into their car. Everybody ought to go visiting, visiting, we gotta get the gospel where the people I think most every organization has a either a women's auxiliary or a women's uh, core of people who in, are involved in the program. And of course, we have the Women's Missionary Union. And this is the greatest organization in the world. And I didn't say anything about them for a long time until finally some of the ladies said, you're leaving us out. So I have written for them a song with all due respect and reverence. <laughs> Let's leave it to the ladies, that's what we ought to do, because they're so effective in WMU. How they got so efficient, I cannot understand, but what could you expect from me, for I am just a man. Each member has an office, and some have two or three, and they can work for several hours without a break, you see. But what about their husband, their ever-loving spouse? He cooks the meals and keeps the kids and vacuum cleans the house. <laughs> By Robert's rules of order, they keep their business neat. They give reports and programs and then dismiss to each. I often think that Robert wrote parliamentary law, assisted by his wife and sister and his mother-in-law. But when the church needs workers, they do not rack their brain. They go enlist a lady that the WMU has trained. It really is a good thing that the women enter in, cause we'd all be in trouble if we left it to the men. Ah, men, ah, women. I 
believe that we should have special music for every occasion and i have an occasion for which a song should be written and as far as i know it hasn't happened yet but if it ever does i have special music for it oh my sunday school pen got too long for my coat and it hung all the way to the floor i had not missed a sunday in 43 years and next year would have been 44. it began on the morn of the day that i was born when the cradle roll added my name and for richer and poorer through sickness and health my attendance went on just the same 40 years without missing a single service i'll guarantee it got to be rather nervous but it stopped short when i fell and broke my shin when i tripped on my sunday school pen i do a great deal of flying and i do a great deal of praying about airplanes too this uh, uh this was on flight 194, if you're interested, that I wrote this song. I do something religious on the plane. I'm, I'm just not that good a flyer, and, you know, uh, <laughs> I wrote this song at 19,000 feet, which is as high as you can get between Midland, Odessa, and Dallas. But um, a lot of people sound like I was high when I wrote a lot of these songs, and that isn't, <laughs> that isn't true. But, but this, uh, this was 19,000 feet. And I thought, I've got to do something religious. In fact, I was on the plane one time, uh, and they I registered somehow as Reverend Dan McBride, and they said, uh, uh, you're a reverend, I see. Well, we're about to hit some turbulence, and I wondered if you could, you know, if people going to be afraid, wonder if you could do something religious. And I took an offering. You know, there. <laughs> um, so this song, then, is for the benefit of those who have to do the cleanup job after the banquet, which is a tremendous job. If it didn't get done, we'd all be in trouble. But for these unsung heroes, they are now about to be sung. When people ask me what I do, I say with cheer that I'm a Southern Baptist building engineer, a sanitation superintendent, a manager of mops. But to tell the truth, my business is picking up. Whenever there's a meeting room to be prepared, I check the lights and tables and arrange the chairs, and I help the hostess with the food and fetch the coffee cups. But when they go home, my business is picking up. The Woman's Missionary Union met today. They brought their preschool children to the church to play, and the children brought their tinker toys, their Play-Doh and a pup. And believe you me, my business is picking up. Oh, I will be retiring in a month. You see, a minister of maintenance is replacing me. And he'll give the job of picking up a lot of dignity cause they hired a man with a seminary degree. <laughs> Now, I want to sing a stewardship song. You don't hear many stewardship songs. For those of you who don't know about stewardship, that's money in Baptist language. Queen 
need a red pencil for the church budget. Our finances are behind again. Our foreign mission payments have been delayed. And next week I'm afraid the pastor won't get paid. We need a red pencil with a sharp point. And when we have figured you can bet, we will drop a note to you whose ties are overdue. And maybe you can get us out of debt. We need a red pencil for our church budget. Payments should be made on time, you know. Our mission-minded ladies should change their tune. They're designating all their gifts to Lottie Moon. We need a red pencil and a sharp thinker just to get our budget in control. And if he does the trick and gets our money fixed, we'll get back to the job of winning souls. Every fall when it gets cold, when the year is ten months old, with our credit cards in hand, off we march to Christmas land. Ho, 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 says St. Nick, the Yuletide season makes me sick. It's expensive and I bet I'll spend the new year deep in debt. In this time that really hurts, I make my way down to the church. I thought I'd find peace and quiet, but instead I found a riot. Ha, 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 please don't hedge. Come to church and give your pledge. Please don't give us any lip while we plan your stewardship. By December 23rd, my finances were absurd. Then my bonus check came in. I was in the black again. Ha, 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 hold on there. This is Mission Week of Prayer. Here's a happy Christmas tune. Give your cash to Lottie Moon. <laughs> Come to church and give your money. Don't be tight. Dig a little deeper in your purse tonight. Oh. Oh, you can write a draft. <laughs> Sign it with your autograph. Your gift is deductible from income tax. And you'll keep the budget running in the black. Oh, oh, don't make a slip in your stewardship. Come to church and give your money. Give a lot. You should give at least a tenth of all you've got. Oh, oh, you should give your dough to support the church. And so we are working on a plan that won't be hard. You can put your offering on your credit card. It will be easy for you, and your first payment won't be due until December. Our budget plan is for you. When I became the sponsor of Intermediate One, they told me of the challenge, they told me of the fun. But at the planning meeting, I started feeling blue, because this is what the intermediates said they'd like to do. All they want to have is parties. They're never democratic parties. They make you feel rheumatic horseback riding three times a week. Roller skating, everyone participating parties. They never run out of suggestions what to do. 
But after all is said and done, they have got to have their fun and parties, parties, it's true. We went to see the carnival when it came around, and bowling leagues are forming on the other side of town. With all of this activity, we had to make a rule that to participate, you had to go to Sunday school. All they'd ever do is party. The girls had planned a slumber party. Oh, not the doubt my number, they should know I'm not in my prime. This week I had 18 hours of overtime, but parties, all this activity is more than I can do. So when October rolls around with beginners, I'll be found. Cause with these parties, I'm Now, I want to sing a song for you that's very appropriate for the enlistment time of the year. Uh, as people seek workers to work in the church, we always run into this same problem. The nominating committee met to enlist the workers for our new year. But last year's workers began to fret and they made their excuses with tears. They said the doctor had told them to rest and their nerves were shot and they'd have to get better. Three said they had fallen from grace and the others were moving their letters. <laughs> green workers were all we got because green workers were all we could get. Green workers have saved the day and we'd like to enlist a few more, yes. The education director said that they'd have to enroll in a study course. He said they could come of their own free will or he'd have to enlist them by force. <laughs> now green workers have studied hard and they fill their positions with style and grace. I wonder when next October comes, just how many we'll have to replace. Now, Sunday school classification is a favorite subject of mine, because so many ladies rebel and fib and whine. They try to tell us they're too young. They drop eight years and sometimes ten when they say 31 we know it's all in fun because they won't see 39 again they very seldom tell the truth that they belong in darkness not in Five. So we give them 
conflict and burdens each day. There's a confidence deep in my soul that the Lord in his wisdom is guiding our way and we're never beyond his control. The future is planned by the master's own hand and the world to his kingdom will bow. The future is bright with his word as the light. And by faith we can see it now. Oh, by trusting we learn of his infinite care and the ultimate truth of his way. For the gateway to heaven is opened by prayer, and by faith we can enter today. The future is planned by the master's own hand, and the world to his kingdom will bow. The future is bright with his word as the light. And by faith we can see it now. This completes the album entitled Tiptoe Through the Tithers by Dan McBride. Now stay tuned for a little comedy music by Alan Sherman. desert and your car runs out of gas. Lots of luck. <laughs> Lots of luck. When you try to stop some strangers, they will holler as they pass. Lots of luck. Pass. Lots of luck. So you walk eight miles and all uphill to call the auto club. And the whole thing's nip and tuck. Cause they'll ask you for your number and your number's in your wallet and your wallet's in your car, so lots of luck. <laughs> when your television set breaks down and needs repairing bad, lots of luck, pal, lots of luck. You look through the yellow pages for an honest looking ad, lots of luck, pal, lots of luck. Then the fellow comes and says, your set must go into the shop. And he takes it in his truck. Four months later, when he brings it back, it's someone else's set. Besides, he drops it down the steps a lot, a lot. <laughs> 
But for every set of horseshoes, human beings use for lust. Somewhere in this world's a barefoot horse. Buy a tape recorder of the automatic kind. Lots of luck, pal. Lots of luck. If it's simplified for folks who aren't mechanically inclined. Lots of luck, pal. Lots of luck. There's a small instruction booklet that's a hundred pages long. And on page one, you get stuck. It says, if unsatisfactory, you must bring this to the factory, but the factories in Japan's a rock to rock.
to church one day And the pastor said we'd not done what we should And I told my wife we should move our letter Cause that preacher just no good He's passing out bad information And it sure offended me It stirred my righteous indignation And you know how painful that can be at the Sunday school, they'll get your money with an envelope and pen. Cause you never can check all your boxes till you put your dollar in. And I know I've been intimidated, it's coercion plain to see. And my righteousness was indignated, and you know how painful that can be. It was just last week our choir director sang a song that made me moan. It was obviously written for a tenor, but his voice is baritone. And the organist should have modulated him into another key. And my righteousness was indignated, and you know how painful that can be. You can bet your boots that next November in the stewardship campaign They'll do their best to get our money with that same old line again Oh, they're working hard for my donation, it's a sin financially It stirred my righteous indignation and you know how painful that can be Thank you very much. I've been working on a plan recently. I think that a lot of very liberal people are going to get involved in it because uh, there's an exciting movement going on. We're starting a new church, uh, and there's the greatest advertising campaign that has ever been done for a church program. It's been going for 25 years, and no one has taken advantage of it thus far. Everybody knows about the church, but, but there's, just, there's no church with its name yet, except now there's going to be, and we're going to call it the Church of Your Choice. Everybody's been promoting it for, for years. Uh, and, um, you know, in the television commercials, in the newspapers, we got all kind of promotions going for it. So this is our opening anthem. This is the way we'll open up each service, or we'll call it kick off each service, I guess, in this case. Each week, take your voice to the church of your choice and sing all the hymns with respect. We'll be glad to get you and your offering too, be it cash, money, order, or check. Our doctrines are clear. Just be contrite and sincere. At the church of your choice, we'll be glad and rejoice if you show up at least once a year. Every eye will get moist at the church of your choice if you'll join us and never more roam. If you're tired of your sin, then we'll welcome you in. If you're not, you'll still feel right at home. Come one and come all. 
to the church of your choice is our call. We will serve you so well, and we'll send you two autographed pictures of Moses and Paul. Each Sunday we seek to impart some great truth to the meek, and our members don't groan if we leave them alone all the other six days of the week. Thank you very much. One thing that we have in uh, the Baptist faith, we have a lot of churches that are located in the heart of the city, and we've been trying to do all we can for them. You know, there, there's, there's just no people on Sunday morning in, in the heart of the city. So one thing they have that other churches don't have is that they have more departments and more classes and more organizations than anybody else. Consequently, the most fitting tribute that we could pay to these churches is we've got a place for you. We've got a place for you at the church in the heart of the town. And so all you ethnic minority groups Come right on in and be part of the troops Cause we've got a place for you Every age, all the days of your lives There's a class for hairdressers and college professors And one for truck drivers' wives <laughs> We've got a place for you At the church in the heart of the town our new grading system is really quite rare. Our adult superintendents all tore out their hair. But we've got a place for you in our building, but you'll need a guide. There's a visitor I passed in the hall last November, still wandering round lost there inside. We've got a place for you at the church in the heart of the town. And to show that we know what we're talking about, there's a class for ex-preachers and pastor dropouts. But we've got a place for you, one in Spanish or Greek or Chinese. And our wonderful choir man is teaching us German for our next recording release. We've got a place for you at the church in the heart of the town. But in case we have missed one, we're sorry, we'll say. But we'll get right on it without a delay. So we'll have a place for you. This is how downtown churches survive. Let us know what you need. We'll enlist you a leader and have it before you arrive. <laughs> now, in speaking of places for everybody, I've been trying for three or four years to write a song about the nursery because everybody says you've written songs about other organizations. Why not the nursery? I was going about it the wrong way, really. I was trying to do it from the standpoint of the nursery worker. And because we live in an existential society in which everybody's got their own thing going, I figured eventually I'm going to have to transport myself into the mind of a nursery child. And a lot of my fair-weather friends <laughs> said that this would not be too much of a trip <laughs> for me. Uh, I ignored the insult as best I could and, uh, and wrote a song, I think, as 
the nursery child would see it. A group of tiny boys and girls in church the other day were talking and I overheard the words they had to say. Baby place, this church provides you with a baby place for any service that you care to grace with your face. Leave your small relations while you go to visitation, baby place. Mom, won't you take us where there's toys and crawling space? Cause when you're birthed through three, you'll love the nursery. That's what they call the baby place. Baby place. They've got the neatest little baby place. They've got it painted pink and blue with lace. It's a race for the toys you crawl to. My mother says they spoil you, baby place. Your mom will leave you with a smile upon her face. Big church may be great fun, but when you're barely one, you'd rather stay in baby place. One thing that we've had uh, a lot of problems with is our training union program. Training union is still with us. A lot of people are not fully aware of this, but sure enough, <laughs> drop in any Sunday, it's still there. It's, it's now called whatchamacallit because nobody knows. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm a uh, conservationist, I guess you'd call me, and I'm still going to call it training union until somebody tells me otherwise. This is a song, I, I love Training Union because it's such a romantic organization. Now I can say this, I really have, I've believed this for years, the time, it, everything about Training Union is romantic and the reason we hadn't been able to sell people on the idea is because we've tried to approach it from a very spiritual idea. And uh, <laughs> nobody ever said that Training Union was spiritual. I mean, you know, really, uh, except, I don't know, somebody uh, down the line got the idea that it was, but really Training Union is a very romantic organization so I've written a very romantic training union song, uh, which stands to reason, I think. Every Sunday night when day is through, when the silvery moon is shining too, I'll be at the church for training union, so save a part for me. <laughs> I am not the type to take the lead, and my mind is not the type for speed, but you really ought to hear me read, so save a part for me, won't you save a part for me? I don't like to sing or take the offering, and I don't like the Bible quiz. So just give me a book and a little time to look, and show me where the speaker stand is. I've a reputation, have you heard? Two weeks in a row I didn't miss a word. This week I'm trying for a third, so save a part for me. Won't you save a part for me? part of my part that part belongs to me i studied hard for my part last night till after three then when you were reading the part that came before you read two of my paragraphs and you better not do it anymore <laughs> part of 
part of my part had words that were so big I had to use the dictionary. I know a tear will glisten if I must sit here and listen while you read the first part of my part. And people say training union never did accomplish anything. I have departmental superintendents in my church who got so much from training union that they've carried over the whole practice like this. Me and my builder get to church at 9.15. Me and my builder give assembly programs that are keen. And when the first bell tolls, I take the stand. I feel so bold with my builder in hand. Just me and my builder, the Sunday school assembly team. Me and my builder tell the facts that should be known. Me and my builder, I'd sure hate to try it on my own. And though it seems absurd, I never stall. I read each word, instructions and all, just me and my builder. We know how to get it done. Now read the poem that's found on page 21. <laughs> You know, there's a, a lot to be said for uh, churches, you know, really getting out and, and reaching people and trying to teach them something. But a lot of churches have gotten another idea, and it's sort of the country club uh, feeling, the country club with the steeple feeling, that is. This isn't your church, and it isn't my church. It's their church, whoever they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're to blame for everything anyway. I don't know who they are. I'd like to get my hands on when you. This is... Um, this is a church that I've heard so much about, I thought we should really do, uh, do our best to promote their work just as we promote our own. There's a wonderful church in our neighborhood with a steeple as tall as could be and nobody could doubt that they're doing good. It's apparent for each one to see. It's called the Sacred Society. We screen our prospects carefully. The status quo must be maintained with fervor and restraint. But in the Sacred Society, we live in great sobriety in sacred social circles of secure, secluded saints. We never hear a word about sin in our society. We wouldn't let a sinner in our society. Not in the Sacred Society where deacons all have peace. The pastor went to Harvard and he's really seen the sights. And in our sacred community, from sin we have immunity. It used to be Gold Hill, but now it's called Angora High. <laughs> the devil never bothers us in our society. We only let in those we trust to our society. That's in the sacred society. It's really awfully nice of me to tell you even this much of the problems we have solved. But in our sacred society, we live so Pontius Pilately. <laughs> we wash our hands to everything and never get involved. And so in the work of the Lord, we are dealing not with organizations, 
and not with institutions, but with people. And with people, there's something more than just a matter of doing a job. There's a matter of communicating an idea, of communicating an emotion. In this instance, the emotion of concern. And as the song says, it's good to know somebody cares. Everybody who knows anything about Baptist work knows that we have a great organization behind everything we do. Uh, quite a bit behind a whole lot of what we're doing, in fact. But, uh, uh, um, and, and I've learned in the past few years that not only our denomination, but uh, most other denominations have basically the same problem. And that is that uh, we, we have our institutions, which are involved with uh, promoting the program, and then we have the churches uh, out who are supposed to be carrying on the program that is put out by the denomination, but everybody, there's not always uh, a lot of problems. And people say that this is a denominational hang-up. Well, believe you me, I've been calling the Baptist building for years, and I've never been hung up on it. I've had a lot of problems, but no, no denominational <laughs> worker has ever hung up. So I felt that, that these people deserved a real tribute. Um, consequently, I've written an, an anthem uh, about the Baptist building. Uh, and if you're not a Baptist and you're some other denomination, well... I'm sure that you have a building in your state that operates the same way. 
When you've a job that must be done, when you've a battle to be won, just call the Baptist building right away. The leaders there have found the smartest brains around to help you through the work you have to do. Call the State Baptist Building where the wheels go around, the wheels go around, the wheels go around, and they'll solve all your problems where the wheels go around in the most efficient way. Whatever problem you've got, don't let it worry you a lot. Just call the Baptist Building right away. They'll have the answer that you want, and just in case they don't, they have a source that always is in force. A direct line to Nashville help the wheels go around, the wheels go around, the wheels go around, and they'll solve all your problems where the wheels go around in the most efficient way. Give me the word from Nashville, from the Sunday school board there. I need a brand new training union and a brotherhood that cares. Send me a few suggestions How to make my people see Give me the word to rouse them up So they will go to work for me Give me the word from Nashville Tell me how to lead my bunch Give me a plan for visitation that does not require a lunch. <laughs> Send me a study course on the principles of modern math. I've got to get attendance up or else I'll catch the deacon's wrath. Give me the word from Nashville how to psychoanalyze. I've got a basic inhibition that I need to exorcise. All of my people hate me. They don't seem to know it's true. If they don't change their attitude, I'll go to work for Nashville, too. <laughs> You know, when I was younger, as, and I don't, probably don't have to tell you this, but I, my big ambition was to be a country western singer. And uh, Nashville was my goal. You know, I was going to be a great, I don't know what, but anyway, I was going to be that and go to Nashville because that's where all the, the big stars of country western music are. And then I surrendered to the ministry and I was through with Nashville, I thought, uh, <laughs> until I realized that this is the heart of everything that we do in, in religious education work. Especially is this true in, in terms of youth work. And I, I've been so admiratious of people who are in the field of, of youth education because it takes the most creative brain in the world. And sometimes you can go for as long as two months, you know, using your creativity before you have to leave and find another place because uh, <laughs> youth, work, uh, youth work takes the best that you have in, in one big hurry. But this is, uh, I thought I would pay tribute to these people this way. This is uh, the average church member's view of the youth director. Oh, there is a man who is leading a plan to unite all the right-thinking folk. This is the truth. He's director of youth education and welfare and jokes. He runs the gym and we're grateful to him. He'll get pie in the sky by and by. 
Well, he hits it on the nail. He's the one who keeps our teenage members out of jail. The youth director has the privilege of working with the young, but he can't function till he learns how to speak their unknown tongue. <laughs> You've got to talk to the teenagers and learn all the words they use. This is an achievement that is rare. Cause if you talk like their parents do, then they won't respond to you. It's so hard to show them that you care. If you can dig those terms they're laying on you, then you'll be cool and never get uptight. But if you can't, they'll never even phone you. They'll think that your vocabulary's out of sight. But if you'll talk to the senior highs, they'll tell you where and why they reject the system that they've known. And if you'll try with the teenagers, cry with the teenagers, share your pizza pie with the teenagers, they'll really turn you Thank you very much. Now, speaking of being turned on, I was thinking the other day seriously about a problem. Those of us in the ministry who have uh, counseling responsibilities have discovered a new malady uh, that's going just great guns throughout our whole land, and it's a problem. And, and the problem is this. Uh, husbands are coming home 5.30, 6 or 6.30 in the evening. They're finding their wives all down in the mouth, and she won't tell them why. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> I found out that there are three basic causes for housewife depression, and, and all three of them are networks. And, and, and the, the, the basic problem is this. Between 11 o'clock and 3 o'clock during the day, there are more domestic problems than are in the whole United States put together because... Well, let me fill you in. I, I don't want to try to give you all the details, but I've had people watching their sets around the community taking notes so I could fill you in on who's been running around with whom. And this is the scoop, the latest thing. <laughs> Once I had a secret storm, but then I found the guiding The doctors have been wondering if love is not a many splendor thing. <laughs> this is why I have the blues when I watch Huntley, Brinkley, and the
Thank you. I, I think everybody sees something of their own misery and uh, in those types of programs, but there's one program that hadn't come on yet. There's not been uh, a secretarial program that really manifests the true burdens of the secretary's job. Now, the church secretary has an unusual responsibility because she is the only one in the church who knows anything, as best I can tell. <laughs> uh, the, don't ever ask the pastor or the minister of education or minister of music or minister of anything else if they know where it is or what it is or when it is or why it is even. Uh, you ask the secretary because the secretary has all this great knowledge there at her fingertips. This is not a simple job that, that you ladies have in church secretarial work. So I've tried to summarize it in these four melodies. Every time you call the church, you hear a friendly voice chirp. Good morning, thanks for calling us. May we give you some Baptist service. This is how the secretary gives the church a friendly image. Then she does a Sunday school and training union records and it's through noon so she can count the money then and type the Sunday bulletin. And in between she makes the coffee and she referees an RA football scrimmage. <laughs> then she helps the church custodian to find the pastor's contact lenses which he lost up on the podium. Then when he is seeing better, he tells her to take a letter to the church librarian who's pulling out her hair again. She has so many woes, but heaven knows the woes that face the secretary. She flies through the work fast as you've ever seen, the girl with the mimeographing machine. <laughs> She types the cards and letters, too. She plans the contacts, two by two. She writes the guests and absentee. She plans the menu, if you please. On my first day of working, my duties were to be 12 letters typing, 11 stencils running, 10 planning meetings, 9 visitations, 8 notes from Nashville, 7 staff discussions, 6 cups of coffee, 5 phones which ring. Four salesmen came, three staff wives, and two deacons called, and this church Job is too much for me. One thing that everybody who is in any kind of business or organizational or church life is aware of is that each year you have an annual convention. Now, annual conventions are the most interesting part of uh, of a person's life, it seems, because here is where you get all the new ideas. This is the place where everybody comes with the newest and the finest and the most outstanding things in the world. And, and so going to a convention is a very integral part of a person's life. Now, I went to a convention, the first convention I ever went to, uh, I went and sat on the fourth row from the front, from the beginning of the session to the end. I took notes, even. And I didn't know you could get it out of the newspaper. This is one interesting <laughs> fact I learned afterwards. Um, Everything that happened, I knew. I mean, I, I was going to report the greatest report in the world. And when I got home, everybody knew more about it than I did because I, I found out later what actually happens at the convention happens in the hall. And, and who's to know this? I mean, if you're green, you know, you don't know this. So I have tried to get a song that captures the true spirit of conventionalism, if that's a word. If it isn't, I've just made a new word. <laughs> As I drove out to the annual meeting, I thought of the many activities planned. And when I remembered the throngs I'd be greeting, I thought I'd best keep last year's annual in hand. As I walked out in the hall full of people, 
I heard on the PA a sarcastic note. The president called for the brethren to come in so there'd be enough people present to vote. <laughs> when I see my college and seminary brothers, they'll ask, where are you now? And I'll say with tears, I'm still at the same church, but if I had my druthers, I'd move, for I've been there for nearly three years. <laughs> the messenger's tags are identification to help you recall names that you're supposed to know. I see by your name tag that you are from Texas. Do you know my cousin in San Angelo? <laughs> It says on my name tag that I am a messenger, but I've forgotten my message, I fear. I'd better find one and deliver it on Sunday, or my deacons won't let me come back next year. <laughs> Now, if you don't get all your information at the convention, you can always go to the uh, various camps and assemblies around the country because every group has to get together to share ideas. And um, our most wonderful opportunity is at uh, Glorietta and Ridgecrest because here everybody who is an outstanding leader in the field of education and music and preaching and whatever other kind of ministries they might want to uh, be involved with, they go to Ridgecrest or Glorietta to get their facts. And so I, I felt... Here again, a tribute was needed, and uh, I felt like a songwriter should, you know, jump into the gap, you know, and fill the gap that had been left by no song here. And a lot of people have been telling me to uh, leap different places, and I thought this was, you know, as good as any. This, uh, this is a song that manifests the true result of going to an encampment like this. Oh, I came from Glorietta with my briefcase on my knee. <laughs> And I had it full of new ideas, my teachers for to see. When I showed them my discoveries, was then I heard them roar. They're very fine, but they won't work. We've tried them all before. Oh, pessimism, you make my life complete. Cause if we give up before we try, we'll never meet defeat. Good old promotions be forgot and never brought to mind. Then keep a file of all you did in the church you left behind. Repeat the pack a pew campaign and use the same old line. They'll never know it's second hand from the church you left behind. Be it so humble there's no place like home so we have christian home week and vow that we'll never roam and it seems so ironic cause everybody knows that home is the one place a baptist never goes <laughs> Here's a song written by a pastor, and again, it wasn't your pastor or my pastor or any pastor you ever heard of. It was somebody far away. Far out, too, I guess, but far away. It was written about his church and, and, and the attitude that they reflected toward him and his uh, 
outstanding leadership that he had given me. They wouldn't read my letter if I wrote them. They asked me not to visit them or call. But they had a big reception in my honor. And they vowed they'd support me one and all. I didn't know. Thank you very much. You know, there's a lot to be said for people who are faithful and active and busy and all of this. But I think in the midst of all that we're doing, there are a lot of busy people who uh, are busy for not the best motives. And I think you, perhaps you'll see some of these people in this song. Sit still in the pew while the preacher talks to you. Keep your eyes off the clock on the wall. Don't stand around and stare during the offertory prayer. Church will soon be over after all. It's that same old ritual we practice every week. And there's nothing new that we are receiving. And we aren't too spiritual. We have no faith to speak of. We're just going through the motions of believing. Church bells call if your mind is on the ball game, you can still be good and sincere. There are radios made that look like a hearing aid. Sing your hymns with baseball in your ear. In that same old ritual we practice every week, there is nothing new that we are receiving. And we aren't too spiritual, we have no faith to speak of, we're just going through the motions of believing. Judgment comes and the Savior calls you home. You'll remember this message and cry. For the Lord can see all of our hypocrisy, and we can't repent then if we try. From that same old ritual we practiced every week, there was nothing new that we were receiving. And we weren't too spiritual, we had no faith to speak of. We just went through the motions of believing. Some people are just going through the motions of believing. But Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Jesus can point you to the road that will lead you home. And this is the aim of all that we say and do for him, to point people to that road. I ask the Savior to show
darkness to light away from your failure and loss. This road will lead you to life evermore, for it leads by the way of the cross. This road will lead you in pathways of peace, wherever Sometimes I'm burdened with pain Still I am walking with Jesus my Lord And I hear him whisper again This road will lead you from darkness to light Away from your failures and loss Mrs. Goldfarb, fatter, fatter, pile the potatoes on your platter. Listen to me, cause I'm your hubby. I just adore you, plump and chubby. I got a letter from the state, dear. You're gonna need a license plate, dear. My little elephant joke come true. Chew, Mrs. Goldfarb, chew. <laughs> is so much more of you more to adore of you cause you're not slender in your white dress you're a doll big as the Taj Mahal in all its splendor when you're in department stores don't use revolving doors you might get stuck dear when you use the telephone go in the booth alone and lots of luck, dear. You had for breakfast 
two pounds bacon, three dozen eggs, one coffee cake, and then you had something really awful. Four kippered herrings on a waffle, nine English muffins, one baked apple, Boston cream pie, Philadelphia scrapple, 17 bowls of crispy crunch. Then you said, what's for lunch? <laughs> Sweetheart, you are giant size. You are Lane Bryant size, my darling Myrtle. Last Thanksgiving, I was thrilled. You ate so much, you killed your living girdle. Have another dozen shrimp, my lovely little blimp. Don't count a calorie. I have just received a stub. I owe the diner's club a whole year's salary. Eat, Mrs. Goldfarb, daily, nightly. Eat, though your chair is bending slightly. Love of my life, I'm glad I found you. Each day I take a walk around you. I can't forget when... This has been a Rogue Media Network production.